Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Friday podcast on January the 12th, 2024. I'm Andy Eubank, joined today by Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller with the news, including the work ahead for Indiana Farm Bureau as numerous congressional changes in the state loom. This podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more and stop by your local branch. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says Indiana weather will be a mess. He has details. And grain and oil seed markets yesterday mixed and quiet before the USDA data dump today. We have analysis with Carl Setzer coming up on the Hat Morning Podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture culture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. From seed, grain, and feed companies to crop protection, farm implements, and technology, agribusiness is all around us here in Indiana. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. At ACI, our sole focus is on the needs of our members. We advocate, educate, inform, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to become a member. That's inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Bids are being accepted now for 346 acres of Indiana farmland. Halderman Real Estate Services brings you an opportunity to own top-quality farmland in Carroll County, featuring four sizable tracts of tillable cropland and grain bin totaling over 346 acres. Visit Halderman.com for information on the Flora Group Legacy Auction. Bids will be accepted until January 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Visit Halderman.com or call A.J. Jordan, 317-697-3086. Equal housing opportunity. Indiana Farm Bureau will have to work with new U.S. representatives. And what's new in 2024 from Dynagro? I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. With two U.S. House members from Indiana recently announcing their retirement, C.J. Miller reports now on the reaction from one of the state's major ag policy organizations. Earlier this week, Indiana Congressmen Greg Pence and Larry Bouchon both announced they're not running for re-election this year. Also, Congressman Jim Banks is running for U.S. Senate and is leaving his House seat in District 3. Congresswoman Victoria Sparts announced last February that she isn't running for re-election either. Immediately, a lot of work for Indiana Farm Bureau, our members, our rural communities to get out there and start having the conversations today and see who's going to run, who's going to fill those seats. And that's Andy Tower, Executive Director of Public Policy with Indiana Farm Bureau. With the likelihood of four new people representing Indiana in the U.S. House next year, he says it's important for those who want to serve in Washington that they all have the best interest in mind for Indiana's farmers, ag businesses, and rural communities. But it's time we're going to have to roll up our sleeves in pretty short order to figure out who's going to put their name in and try to, to go out there and represent Indiana in those districts. I'm confident that we'll be able to work as an ag unit, not only just Indiana Farm Bureau, but across the barnyard and find that right person that can represent Indiana rural communities and Indian agriculture interests in Washington. Tower points to Representatives Rudy Yockum and Aaron Halchin 
as two recent newcomers to Washington who both quickly developed a positive relationship with Indiana Farm Bureau and its ag leaders. They've stepped in this uh, first Congress uh, out in D.C. They've been great to work with. Their teams have been very responsive and, and will continue to build those relationships. And, and I think that's one of the great things about Indiana Farm Bureau and our members. And that's what makes us so unique is just our ability to adapt and change um, because, as we all know, this political landscape is ever changing. You can read more at HoosierAgToday.com and on the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app. It's a free download for iPhone and Android. I'm C.J. Miller. Farmers, the Fort Wayne Farm Show celebrates 35 great years at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum, January 16th, 17th, and 18th. Plan now to attend this huge three-day event featuring the area's largest variety of farm equipment and services and the latest technology. Register to win the grand prize, a Toro MyRide Zero-Turn Lawnmower, courtesy of Plevna Implement. Admission is free. The Fort Wayne Farm Show at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum with 1,100 booths, January 16th through 18, open Wednesday night till 8. Looking back on 2023, it was a roller coaster ride for growers and their crops. It was up and down. We hit wet spells. We hit dry spells. We had cool weather. We had hot weather. Uh, you know, every year is unique. I think we got the, the dynamic from all aspects of Mother Nature this year. That's Will Hammond, agronomist for Dynagro Seed, available through Nutrient Ag Solutions. He says Dynagro performed well in 2023. What's unique about their product is that they work with a lot of different genetic suppliers. I'm not tied to one germplasm or one portfolio. So we can work across many uh, genetic suppliers and breeders to really find that niche product Um, That's going to help our customers, you know, uh, achieve the best yields possible. He explains some of the offerings from Dynagrow that you should consider for 2024. As far as genetics platforms go, we, you know, beans, we're still looking at a lot of ExtendFlex and Enlist, which is driving the market yet today. In corn, we've got some new ones coming out, uh, a Tricepta platform, which is your base double pro uh, with some more earworm protection above ground. Uh, and then we're looking at some more power core corn coming into 2024. You can learn more about Dynagrow Seed by contacting your local Nutrient Ag Solutions representative. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com slash operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> To agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. (laughs) Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. What a mess we have here today as a winter storm complex is lifting across the eastern Corn Belt. Track of the low has been consistently trying to just shave a little bit farther to the west with every round of data that comes in. 
At this point, that makes me feel comfortable in saying that all of Ohio sees mostly rain. A good chunk of Indiana sees mostly rain. The areas that I am concerned about on snow mostly are in northwest Indiana. And at this point, I think that we have to really differentiate between snow that's being reported with this system, the snow potential that's reported with the system, and snow depth that we end up with after this thing is here and gone. Those are two different things. Here's what I mean. Models have been saying all week long that there's going to be heavy, heavy, heavy snow. I think the snow potential out of this weather system in northern Indiana is going to end up being two to maybe as much as eight inches of snow. But I'm also not sitting here today and telling you that by the time this system is done, tomorrow, midday, and afternoon, that there's going to be some areas with eight inches of snow on the ground. I'm not saying that at all because I think any rain that mixes in or any period of rain that falls after it's snowed in any area will decrease the snow depth dramatically, all right? So it's not like we're going to see piles and piles and piles of snow. Now, I will say that the best chance for heavier snows is still in northwest Indiana, southwest, and western Michigan, but I think that snow depths and snow totals are going to be two different things here, so be aware of that. Let's go through it. Through the day today, we have this low-pressure area moving across the Hoosier State. A lot of us see rain. Some of us see snow. Some of you already have seen snow coming out of the overnight into the morning hours, but I think during daylight, a lot of this is rain. We go back to snow late afternoon going into the evening, and there's still plenty of moisture wrapping around this low through the overnight into tomorrow, so snow accumulations can happen happen, particularly in northern Indiana. Again, I'm going to say that two to eight inch range is what we see on snowfall. Snow depth will be less than that in many areas after this is done. I think in central and southern Indiana, some snow can fall, especially as this thing ends, but snow depth is not going to be a problem at all. Let's get into the weekend then, because the story after this system is bitter cold. We see well below normal temperatures emerging over the weekend. Uh, freezes, well, below zero freezes are going to be seen here. We haven't had below zero weather in quite a while. Guess what? It's coming at least on a couple of overnights. High pressure comes in for Sunday, and then we see a reinforcing shot of cold air for Monday, Tuesday. So Arctic air dominates at least through four to five days. Second half of the week, we're getting some indications that maybe there's some moderation that tries to build Thursday and Friday. I guess I'm not keen on this yet because there's been a lot of flip-flopping back and forth in some of these models. So yeah, I'll say the potential for temperatures to moderate is there, but how warm we get, that's up for some debate, and I think it's short-lived as cold Canadian air comes racing right back by the time we get done with Friday afternoon and go into next Saturday and Sunday. So January is here. January-like temperatures are also here. The good news is we don't see a lot of precipitation after this major event, and that's good news if you're planning on traveling to the Fort Wayne Farm Show next week. I'm Ryan Martin. Another day of quiet trade as we get set for USDA. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday Farm Market Review. I'll have settlements momentarily. Also, we begin with market analysis. That from Carl Setzer, Consus Ag Consulting. I caught up with him at the end of the Thursday session. Carl, Thursday markets mixed with only the soybean market working a little higher as we get set for the USDA noon Eastern time release of a whole lot of data. And we'll get into that in a moment. But first, the quiet markets. 
throughout the week and just touch on those. Certainly on uh, Thursday morning, export sales, very disappointing. So no help there. Yeah, it just, it's been a really just a negative week for the grains, for corn, for wheat, and really for soybeans that matter. Uh, the thing is, is a lot of trade had been sitting here thinking we would see this new month fund rebalancing take place in the grain complex and it would it would give us some higher values and it simply hasn't and and it just weighed on that com on the on the grain soybeans just we're starting to see building pressure from brazil with their harvest taking place um brazilian soybeans just a month ago were about a 60 cent per bushel advantage on the united states that has turned now, uh, Brazil offering soybeans almost at a dollar underneath the United States, so a big shift in there. We have went a, a month without flash sales on corn before picking one up this morning, 175,000 tons sold to Mexico. That was overshadowed by news out of China that they are going to buy domestic reserves to put into storage to try to support values tells us that there is a considerable larger corn inventory in China than what we were thinking. Now, this could lead to imports down the road, but right now, put a, put a negative shadow over that corn complex, and really, on a whole, we are starting to see a shift in market attitude and interest away from the production figures in South America and more on global commodity demand. And Andy, we are just not seeing demand that would warrant the increase uh, in futures that some are, are claiming we should see. And just one point of example, China on their, you know, we mentioned on their corn, but on their soybeans, China in the last seven days uh, has made seven purchases of soybeans, seven vessels in seven days to meet their projected 100 million metric ton import forecast. They need to be buying an average of seven vessels per day, not per week. That is just not what this market wants to see. Well, we move on to the USDA reports on Friday and whether or not those might add some further doom and gloom to the picture a lot of data so it might be hard to say yes we should be in for a surprise big surprise one way or the other and in fact based on trade this week maybe the trade is expecting no surprises yeah there's really not much in the forecast uh, anticipated yields corn soybeans expected to stay the same uh, global reductions to ending stocks on, on corn and, and soybeans forecast, but yet huge numbers on a whole. And looking at South America is where nearly all interest will fall when the data is released. USDA in, in December projected a Brazilian corn crop of 129 million metric tons. Thoughts that'll be trimmed about 4 million metric tons this month. And of course, that Brazilian soybean crop, the USDA had at 161 million metric tons in December. Thoughts we will see that trimmed down to 156. Now, that is in line with what a lot of other analysts have put out this week, including Conab, when they came out yesterday. 
The thing is, even at 156, it's a 1 million metric ton crop larger than last year. And when you look at total South American production, Andy, this is what is really the factor. When we add in the better crops in Argentina and Paraguay, and even a 1 million metric ton increase in Brazil puts total South American production up roughly 25 million metric tons. So trade is really starting to shift its focus a little bit here. And again, it's really not giving us any support in the market. But the thing is, we are already depressed enough. It's not driving values down even further. Take it for what it may. That is supportive. Carl Setzer, Consus Ag Consulting. His number, 989-506-1587. It's the Hoosier Ag Today, Thursday. Farm market review down a penny and three quarters on March and May corn. March settles at 457 and three quarters. May, 469 and three quarters. July, 479, down two and a quarter. Unchanged on the March bean contract, 1236 and a half, but up a half cent on the May, 1248. July up three quarters, 1256. And leading to the downside, wheat, March 603 and three quarters, seven cents lower. Meets up February, live cattle, 171.80, up a dollar five. And February lean hog, 72.60, up 52 cents. I'm Andy Eubank. This is Who's Your Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.